Hello everyone, my name is Megan Lavoda and thank you for listening to Psyche Design. Now in today's episode, I'm going to be discussing how to dance with the shadow. So if you haven't listened to uh, my episode on the problem of type that might be um, important for you to do in the sense that you might wanna understand the problem that we're solving here is essentially that our psyche is the psyche of your personality is clinging to one uh, side of consciousness uh, over the other. And out of fear, we cling to one pole over the other. And it's normal to have preferences for one pole over the other, but, and as we're differentiating, we learn to lean toward one pole over the other but it's our fear that keeps us stuck to one pole over the other. We're clinging on for dear life because we don't want to get kicked down to the other pole where when the shadow comes to light, you are pushed away from that pole that is so comfortable to you. So essentially dancing with the shadow is an attitude that you can apply to your life um, that is a way for approaching obstacles and it is a way for you to get the most out of your psyche and to um, allow yourself to evolve without um, without your ego being overly controlled, uh, controlling of the process. So essentially when we talk about developing cognitive functions or developing the personality. Um, a lot of times people first think of what do I need to do? What are the steps? Like what is like A, B and C, what do I need to do? And a lot of that might have to do with the fact that our, on a societal level um, and cultural level, a lot of us are very much one-sided toward scientific left brain thinking where we want to know what do I need to do to get from point A to point B, tell me the steps and then I'll do it. Where that left brain sort of thinking that is very um, methodical is and, and rational, it's runs counter to the um, irrational functions, which is not so linear. So we, there isn't necessarily that there's something to do, although there can be things to do, but also it's important to note that this individuation process where it is your shadows coming to light, it happens absolutely naturally. And it just happens by nature of you being a human. And so just as much as there are things you might need to do to change your perspective, there are also things that you need to let go of. So so much of this process is just releasing and surrendering. And that's not an easy task because essentially you are releasing yourself from the comfort of clinging so tightly to your dominant function and building all of these walls that is fragmenting you and your awareness of your conscious. Uh, of your dominant function from the rest of your psyche. So 
it's essentially we don't want to feel that tension. We don't want to feel the inner tension and confusion that comes with which um, Kierkegaard, who is a um, famous philosopher, talks a lot about how the anxiety that you feel when you stare into the abyss is essentially you're aware of your own freedom. And that anxiety that comes up and basically the form of existential dread is what we're afraid to feel. And it also fits really nicely with what Jung talks about as how these polarities, there are ten there's tension between them. But that sort of tension between the energy is creative in nature. So it, there's a chemical reaction that occurs when you allow yourself to feel it. But so many of us don't want to feel it. And so we build stronger walls and we, our minds can rationalize just about anything to make us feel like our dominant function is the end all be all and that we shouldn't need to go beyond it. And it makes us feel so safe to build these walls in our psyche uh, that protect us from the parts of the psyche that we feel like are intruders and are not us. But that would be, that's like not noticing the civil war that's actually happening. And um, that would be like essentially burying your head in the sand when there is a war going on in your psyche. So. It's, it's an illusion. It's not true safety because um, if you are building these walls within your psyche and you are protecting yourself from seeing your shadows and your ego is like really strongly not letting you, um, then you are in deep, deep denial and you will live your life feeling like um, you're fighting an invisible enemy essentially because you won't be able to see where they're throwing punches. It will just knock you out out of nowhere. And this is where when you are knocked out out of nowhere, you feel like a victim because you didn't see where they were coming from. So how could you feel like it could have been your fault or like that there was anything beyond that? And so allowing yourself to let go of the reins of your dominant function and move from ego development to self-development, which is what I talked about in, I believe, episode 10 of Psyche Design. Um, in order to move, you have to, you have to let go and see who that enemy actually is and make peace with it in your psyche. So everyone's inferior function will sort of pop up uh, because we aspire to be more that way. And we might even lie to ourselves and tell ourselves that we already are that way. There's just such a deep rooted denial that happens whenever we are protecting ourselves from information that we're not quite ready to see. And so really this dance that we need to do with the shadow is knowing how to approach the shadow when it comes up and 
taking on an attitude that facilitates a climate in your psyche, you could say, for transformation. So think about your brain as having eight characters in it, and each of those eights represent the cognitive functions. And imagine that one of them is the main character, and that there are relationships between all of the all of these functions with each other based on your type pattern. Imagine if imagine if there were to be a climate for growth and harmony within your brain that allowed your um that allowed your dominant to befriend those lower functions. If if there's not a climate of trust and uh, if, if they are not willing to see each other, then it would make sense to just build walls and then just to not let them come at you. But this sort of philosophy and attitude of allowing yourself to dance with the shadow allows you to um, have witness to the shadows when they come up. Because, so I wanna, I wanna share this axiom right now that I know um, it was mentioned in Steve Meyer's book about the individuation and MBTI that uh, Jung was inspired by this. So the axiom of Maria is a alchemical principle of life. And um, it forms the basis for so much of what Carl Jung talks about regarding this individuation process and the problem of opposites. So the axiom of Maria states that one becomes two, two becomes three, and out of the third comes the one as the fourth. So this is this is getting really complex here, but um, really one is oneness. It is unity consciousness. We all start out there as babies or, you know, before we came to earth, whatever. Uh, one becomes two, that's where these polar opposites come into place. And, you know, if for those of you who read the Bible or are religious or spiritual in some way, there's so many um, stories of creation start with one becoming two. Um, and it's the it's this tension of opposites that creates um, anything new like and if you're into tarot or numerology at all, you can apply a lot of the um, archetypes of two energy to this axiom in the sense that when there are two, uh, that duality creates tension. And then when two becomes three, then there is a integrating uh, energy that integrates uh, both of the two poles. And then out of the third comes the one as the fourth. That is when you apply that unity consciousness that I talked about in another episode 
where your psyche has a climate of harmony with all of the eight functions within itself. And you are able to apply unity consciousness in your daily life. So when the one becomes two, we pick one polarity over another. Two becomes three, we can see finally those two poles and we're able to take a integrated perspective from a bird's eye view. And then when three becomes four, we step in and have a foundation uh, of our psyche. We're allowed to really be ourselves. We can choose to be ourselves without feeling trapped and without clinging to one over the other. It's that dance where you know who you are, you know what those preferences are, but you're not threatened by the other preferences. And you have gotten rid of the sort of protective denial and those shields that you have covering your dominant uh, process. And uh, you know who the enemy is. It's not no longer an invisible enemy. In fact, you're able to realize that it was never an enemy at all. It was you. It was a part of you that you have neglected a part of you that was starving and begging for your attention. So that's why the shadow comes to light in the way that it does. And it is such a natural process in the sense that if you have built such strong barriers in your mind that is preventing you from being able to see the other functions, then that is when they manifest in real life. Um, and that's where you are given experiences to learn the lessons that your psyche needs to learn. Because um, life obstacles or people or conflicts that come up are there as a reflection of, of you, like every single one of them. And so... If you are viewing the people and the situations in your life as like annoying burdens that need to go away and you just try and swat it down with a fly swatter, then that's essentially what you're doing to your own psyche. Um, so it's a state of allowing, it's a state of surrender, letting go and releasing. And also it's a practice Dancing with the shadow is a practice of a sort of way and energy in which you're approaching the obstacles in your life. So one of those things might be thinking, this situation has something to teach me, or this person is, um, this person's experience um, offers valid wisdom. Maybe this person knows something that I do not know. Maybe they're reacting to a part of me that I'm not aware of. Maybe they have something to teach me. Or um, maybe I'm uh, able to learn about myself through this person. Maybe a different side of me is going to come out. So there's a general state of openness 
that needs to be there in order to dance with the shadow. And it's sort of this first step to, um, to harmony and unity consciousness again is that it's approaching the obstacles with an open mind and feeling confident in our ability to rise to the occasion as new um, experiences come up because if we're clinging just to our dominant, then there's not as much of a flow. There's not as much of a flow happening to where you might be feeling like you are attracting the same lesson or the same person time and time and time again. And you might feel like you're living in Groundhog's Day and that your life is on a loop as well. Um, like the same problem over and over again. And it's when you let go of that false control and you allow things to happen to you and you are feel comfortable in your ability to move with it, even if you are tossed over to another uh, polarity that you're uncomfortable with, that's the dance. And it starts with, you essentially have to recognize that they're all a part of you. So like, imagine if you, if your foot is numb and you're unable to feel it, um, if you weren't able to feel it, gosh, how do I want to take this metaphor? Because, okay, I was just thinking about how, like, if your foot's numb and you aren't able to feel it and then you start uh, kicking with it, you can kind of wake it up a little bit. Um, if you add energy and attention to it, you can um, wake your foot up a little. But essentially, our default is to basically assume that a lot of our, that our lower functions, like, don't exist or that they aren't a part of us. But we have to remember that they are a part of us. And so shaking your foot, you realize, oh, I actually do have a foot there. Um, it's like, it's like if you think of your, of your body as you have organs that are distinct, like lungs have a distinct purpose. The heart has a distinct purpose. The kidneys have a distinct purpose. They are separate, but together they're one because you're one body and you're one person and they need to work together in order to be one person. So in the same thing with cells, there are like individual cells that are individual that each have their own purpose, but when they come together, they make something else. That's that's the one becoming two, becoming three, becoming four again, then it's one. So it's like for you, you have to recognize that your inferior function is you, your tertiary function is you, and that it's all you. And every time the shadow comes up, it's also you. And so that means it's your responsibility to, um, react to it as though it is you. So like if you're, this is going to be a bad metaphor, but it's like if your lungs were causing problems for your heart, you couldn't just 
cut your lungs off and then expect your heart to thrive. That's kind of a weird example, but the point is, is that we cannot just cut off the other functions and expect us to survive. We must realize that we need all of them to survive and we must treat them with that amount of respect whenever they come up. So treating those functions with respect and treating each new situation and person that you meet with curiosity and openness. Um, it is what, what could I integrate about this experience into my perspective? What is this perspective showing me? Um, what sides of myself um, are being revealed to me that I was not aware of before? Um, because your reaction to the other person and the amount of projection in which you are placing on the other person or thing is going to tell you how um, blind you are to your own uh, shadowy functions. So it's, a, it's an appreciation for the role of both of the opposites. It's not a neutral look like I had mentioned. And it's really acceptance, accepting the tension can go a long way. So really I could sum up the entire video by just saying that if you get comfortable with the tension, then that's when you transform because the creative process is full of tension and it's really like choosing love rather than fear in the sense that love is the energy that recognizes another as a part of yourself. And fear is the energy that builds walls and disconnects. So that transcendent function that is able to integrate between two perspectives and two polarities, that I would say is the energy of love in the sense that, in my opinion, the definition of love is to uh, see another as a part of yourself. Because when you take that as a part of yourself, then their needs become just as valid as yours. And it doesn't cancel out your needs because you need to consider all of your needs when making a solution. And so, as I had mentioned in my, in a previous video about um, the problem of type, um, these complex problems are going to require complex solutions that incorporates wisdom from multiple polarities in order for them to work. Um, because this is a complicated sort of surgery. So if we're going back to the um, organs metaphor, this isn't like, oh, I could just chop this off from this. This is like, no, um, what we're dealing with right now as a society and on an individual level is something very complex. It's like a tangled up knot uh, connecting all of our functions. It seems like a very core problem. Uh, hopefully that makes sense. Um, I'm trying to think about how to word this, but essentially the pro as the problems are getting more complex, we are going to need the, we we're going to need the wisdom from 
these different aspects of our consciousness. And we need to um, increase our conscious perspective in order to stop the conflict and the fighting that happens uh, whenever two people cannot see eye to eye or uh, two groups cannot see eye to eye because taking another as a part of yourself is accepting that their needs are just as valuable as your needs. And if those needs seemingly conflict, then you're gonna need to get more creative and find a solution that fits for both of them. And so, as I mentioned, that tension is helpful for the creative energy. If you sit with that tension, then you get creative solutions. And if you accept that tension, then you are giving respect to uh, two different polarities or whatever, and you're able to move with where those polarities are pulling you and you will feel supported by that tension, by that creative tension that is allowing you to become something better than you were before. And that's that process that we're all going through that is going to really take us to a complete different level as a species. So um, yeah, uh, let me know if you have any questions about how that works. Um, there's so much more I can go into but I just um, thought that would be a good introduction. So thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful rest of your day. We may be walking the path of individuation independently, but that doesn't mean that you're alone. While your journey is unique, we're all going through the same process along our own parallel paths. If you're craving deeper conversation about how your personality type pattern is unfolding, join us for monthly type discussions. The Psyche Design Membership Group comes with access to a private Facebook group, one facilitated Zoom hangout per month with breakout activities, and a monthly Q&A. For more information, check out the link to my Patreon in the description.